Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Denver Sports Betting Show here on 98.1 FM, Monday through Friday from 3 to 4 o'clock. It is January 31st, the final day of January. Hope you guys stay safe out there. Enjoy the day. The sun's out. It's not warm yet, but the sun is out, so we can't be too upset here. But hey, guys, I'm your host, Riggs Tamburo, joined by my co-host, Bryson Owens. My man, good to see you. How's your Tuesday? It's going really well so far, man. Got a good workout in this morning. It's crazy how much, like, more energized you feel when it jumps from like negative one degree in the morning to like 10 degrees. Like that's a, Amen. that's a big jump. I, I felt warm this morning. I only had one jacket on. It was a miracle. Yeah. Right, dude. It literally, it's crazy. Like I, I played football in Minnesota and you know, you'd wake up and it'd be negative 24, <laughs> negative 31. And you're like, what, yep. what is this? Like, how are people <laughs> supposed to survive here? So I feel yeah. you, man. Anytime it, Anytime it gets over that, you know, 10 degree mark or something like that and the sun's out, it kind of feels warm again. So, but anyway, folks, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here today. We got NBA, NHL, NFL, and the list goes on. We're also going to end the show with a debate between our man Bryson Owens and Caesar Jones on Justin Fields. Yes, is he him or is he really just not what he's hyped up to be? I don't mean to brag. I'm a, I'm a two-time middle school debate champ, so I'm, I'm ready for this. Uh-oh. If Caesar Jones, man, if you're listening, it's time to get ready, brother. You got about 45 minutes to get that script ready to go. But all right, my man, let's jump in here. Looking at the Denver Broncos, I would consider this good news as of today. The, the rumor is mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton are back in the race. They are still options. Obviously, Harbaugh had his second interview the other day. He's the only head coach so far to get a second interview with the Broncos. And it's because they wanted to go to Michigan and actually meet with him in person. Do you think that that second interview was simply to meet him in person? Or do you think clearly they liked something enough to fly out there and get that thing done? Well, I think they clearly like something enough. I think the big thing is Harbaugh is reconsidering it enough to it in, to accept that invite for them, for the Broncos coming there. I think that's a big show of faith for the Broncos ownership group. They've been under a lot of like heat over the last couple of weeks about how they've handled this he- um, head coaching search. I've had no problems with it. I thought they've done a pr- very, very good job of doing this head coaching search personally. Um, I thought it was really impressive for them to take the time out of their day to fly themselves to Ann Arbor to talk to Jim Harbaugh. Most owners don't do that. Most owners force them to come to them, force the coaches to take time out of their day to meet them in their place. I thought it was really impressive um, by the Penner group to to do that for Jim Harbaugh. And I think that means something. I know a lot of people are brushing off as like Broncos just doing their due diligence, talking to him again. I think there's legitimately something there. I don't think Harbaugh would have taken the time out of his day to talk to um, this group if he isn't still seriously considering it. You're talking about some high profile people taking a lot of time mm-hmm. to jump on their private plane, head out to Michigan and drive up to the school, meet with him. Like this isn't just me and you heading out there, Bryce. And this yeah. is people who got businesses to run. They got stuff to do. They got phone calls to make and they're taking time out of the day to go all the way to Michigan and re-meet with him. Mm-hmm. So I know there's some people who are kind of playing this thing down, but I do think it's a little bit of a bigger deal than we are giving it credit for. But obviously Bryson and I here, we are speculating. We have no idea. We have no inside sources on what's going on with that Harbaugh situation, but then there's Sean Payton, right? Now there's all Mm -hmm. this rumor. That's like, okay, Sean Payton, you know, he kind of wants to be a broadcaster. Maybe he's going to wait for the Los Angeles chargers job to open up next year. Do you think that he's still a candidate knowing that we're not going to get him a first round pick better than 29 or 30? 
I think he's definitely is still a candidate. I would say he's the favorite right now still. He has been Ooh. open about how he is leaving the door open for every possibility. If you watch him on any of the broadcasts, he has not slammed the door shut. He said, in fact, before the um, Niners-Eagles game that there's going to be a lot of news coming out from head coaches probably in the next week and that he is still considered and it, it, the door is still open for him. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's worried about our value, the, like the value we can give the Patriots. I think the Broncos and or the um, Saints, I think the Broncos and Saints are trying to negotiate something where it's not a first round pick for Sean Payton. I think the Broncos want to keep that first round pick. I think they're willing to give up something else other than that to get Sean Payton. And I think they're all just waiting it out. I think Sean Payton's taking his time. He's not in any hurry. Sean Payton is in the least amount of hurry out of any of these candidates because he has a really nice job with Fox. He can, like you said, wait till next year because 100% there's going to be four to five more head coaching jobs next year that he will probably want at least one or two of. So he's not in any hurry. I think he is more than happy to wait this out and see if the um, Broncos and Saints can make something happen because I think Sean Payton would be more than happy to come here and coach this team. Do you think maybe that the deal they're trying to make is something like, give us Jerry Judy and you got a deal? I don't think they're going to do anything like that. I think they, after seeing how well Jerry finished this last season, especially Mm -hmm. with his connection with Russ, I think they want to hold on to him as much as possible. I think it's something more along the lines of, we're going to give them a second or third round pick and pay off Sean Payton's contract where the Saints don't owe them any money. I can see something like that being more realistic. That makes sense. Um, At the end of the day, if it comes down to it, I think the Broncos will be happy to give that first round pick for Sean Payton. Um, they're just, I think they're trying to negotiate a way to not let that happen. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. It's going to be tough, but huh, we, we know they got the pockets for it. So <laughs> oh, yeah. if, if, if it's pay him down, then whatever you're right, man, pay him down. Don't give up the first round yep. pick, pay the money off, take the deal and we're done here. But let me ask you real quick before we talk about one other coach here, if it's Harbaugh or Payton and you could pick, who do you want? Mm. this is really tough both coaches have a really excellent track record of success um obviously Harbaugh it seems like everywhere he goes he builds a winning culture he did it Mm -hmm. at Stanford did it with the Niners he's done it with Michigan um I would pick Peyton because I think in today's NFL you need one of those offensive as they as they call them offensive masterminds there's Mm -hmm. really only one two Maybe if you push it three in the league right now, um, one of them's in our division with Andy Reid. Um, I think we need someone who can go toe to toe, play call for play call for um, with him. And Sean Payton made Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill look like franchise quarterbacks last time he was coaching. Both those guys were playing at a very, very high level. I think Sean Payton could easily turn this offense around with Russ. I think there's still plenty of football in Russell Wilson, especially if Sean Payton's the head coach. Interesting. I, I think I agree with you. I think Sean Payton's the guy. If, if you have to pick somebody, I think he's the one. He's more experienced, mm-hmm. like you said. He can deal with the quarterback. And the rumor had it, Russ wanted him, right? So if Russ wants yep. him, you got to think it's probably the best idea there. So we'll see what happens. But one coach who was pretty high in the rankings, everyone was hyping him up, D'Amico Ryans for the Broncos. It mm. looks like – He's about to sign his deal over there with the Houston Texans. Do you think that thing's going to be official in the next 48 hours or so? I do, and I think it's a really good hire for both him and the Texans. Obviously, there are there have been some reports that it's not 
you know, 100% official yet. I think Ryan's maybe second-guessing taking a head coaching job right now. He saw him. He saw how successful he is as a DC with that Niners defense, and he's like, why would I want to leave this success to go to a rebuilding franchise? At the end of the day, I think he does want to be head coach in this league, and I think going to Houston – um, where he has connections with his family there. I think his wife's family all lives in te- um, um, in the Houston area. So he's got family. He's got plenty of connections to that um, to that city. And then he gets a chance to build something up from the ground up. The Texans have no like ground level. The, he is starting from he is starting from step one building this franchise, and that's a really cool opportunity for a young head coach to get to do. Man, if I'm him though, I'm going to tell him, look. I need a three-year contract or bigger because all you guys do is bring coaches in here and you fire them. So you know what? I want three years guaranteed money so that if you want to fire me next year, I'm getting the bag and I'm going to go to Thailand like Cliff Kingsbury. I'm going to (laughs) hang out for a little while. So I'm with you there, man. And then one more coach we got to talk about here, Kellen Moore from the Dallas Mm. Cowboys out as the OC. I'm saying he's fired. You know, Dallas Cowboys fans, oh, he stepped down. He didn't step down. He got fired. Because you guys don't go anywhere. They, they don't do anything. But what's your take on Kellen Moore being fired? Do you think he's the scapegoat for Dak and McCarthy? Or do you really think that he's not the guy for the job? I think he was definitely viewed as a scapegoat for those guys. Obviously, Dak's not going anywhere. He makes nope. so much money as the starting quarterback for that team. You can't really, as the organization put, the blame on him, even though really a lot of it's on um, Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy's not going anywhere. He's buddy buddy with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones likes to have Mike McCarthy around. I can't stand um, as that. a veteran. Exactly, it's one of my least favorite parts about the Cowboys and their head coaching hires. Um, I think Kellen Moore is a fantastic OC. I think he got the job with the Chargers last I heard, um, and I think that's a excellent hire. I think moving on, I think going from Lombardi to Kellen Moore is a great great thing for this organization and for, um, for Justin Herbert specifically. Well, you guys, Anthony Hirsch is going to join us up next. That's all we got for you in the coaching department. But once again, every, you know, every 24 hours, we check in on this show, (laughs) we're going to bring you guys updates going on with the head coaching race, but coming up next, we are covering the Pelicans and the Nuggets. Our man, Bryson Owens here wrote an article up on denversportsbetting.com. Go ahead and pull it up. We'll be back in a few minutes and you guys can tag along with us. We'll see you in a few. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Denver Sports Betting Show here on 98.1 FM. Anthony Hirsch is going to be joining us in our next segment. Our man had a little bit of some technical difficulties, but Bryson Owens and I are back to bring you guys this Nuggets game and the rest of a couple good games on the NBA slate. Make sure you guys head over to denversportsbetting.com. Click on our sports articles. My man Bryson Owens here just published his Pelicans at the Denver Nuggets. We're jumping in if you guys want to jump in there with us or feel free to just listen in and we're going to cover it all for you. But looking at this one here, man, the Pellies, we got to start with them. They were the number one seed in the West there about a month and a half, two months ago. You and I sat right here and we said, (laughs) this is not going to last, man. Zion's going to go down. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. he did go down. They are now 12 to one to win the Western Conference. What's your take on the Pelicans right now? Do you think they're a threat going into maybe the latter parts of the season here? I definitely think they're a threat. They're a team that definitely needs Zion to run fully. He is not so much the like instigator offensively, but he does so much that the rest of the team can't do. They don't have a lot of big bodies that can dominate in the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Zion is that for them. Um, but this team is very deep. They've got a really, really good starting lineup. I love Brandon Ingram. CJ McCollum's always a bucket. He just knows how to score in this league. Valanchunas, underrated center in my opinion. Like This is Me a too. very, very good, versatile team. The one big thing that could hold them back is health. Obviously, with Zion, Ingram's been hurt this year. They've had a couple of key injuries, but also just lack of experience. The NBA mm-hmm. seems to be like the sport more than anything, in my opinion, where experience in the playoffs really, really matters. And the Pelicans just don't have a ton of that. So I think down the stretch of the season, you may see them lose games. They probably shouldn't just because they're not used to these type of situations. But mm-hmm. talent for talent, this is one of the most talented teams in the Western Conference. And then looking at Zion, man, I know you put in here, he's out. You're going to be reevaluated in about two weeks, but it's a hamstring injury, man. And we mm. know these hamstring injuries, but we saw it all year uh, with, uh, with what's his name on our, on, on the Broncos, man. It just, you, you yep. don't want to play with hamstrings. Yep. yep. They're, they're not a good thing. They last a very, very long time. They are mm. so easy to re-injure if they're not 100% when you go out there. So even though he's going to be yeah. reevaluated yeah. in two weeks, that doesn't mean he's going to be back in two weeks and they don't have much time left to get it going if they really want to have a good playoff shot here. So we'll see what happens. But you mentioned Brandon Ingram forward is back in action after missing a while there from his toe. Do you think Ingram's going to make it through the rest of the year? And how important is he to this Pelicans team? I think he could make it through the rest of the year. He hasn't shown a huge history of injuries in his career. Um, he's not like he, he's, Plays small forward, power forward for this team. He's not like most of them where he, you know, does a lot of his dirty work in the paint. He's a mid-range, you know, scoring machine and a yep. ball handler for this team. He doesn't do the whole physicality thing. Um, so I think he has a really good chance to last the whole year. I, don't, I wouldn't be too worried about him. The toe injury was a weird fluke one that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. Um, and he's huge for this team. He is a – he is a – Bucket. I mean, he knows how to um, get to his shot about as well as anyone in this league. He's tall, lengthy. His mid-range jump shot, he can get it over anyone in this league. It's very Kevin Durant-like where he's just so tall. If he decides to rise up and shoot a ball, you're not really going to contest it very well. So if, if Ingram's good to go for the entire year, he is very, very important, especially offensively for this team. I agree with you, man. And then looking over, you know, you mentioned the biggest key for the Pelicans tonight if they want to get a win over our Denver Nuggets, which mm. ain't happening. But anyway, yes, you know, we, we got to throw it out there just in case, you know, for those Pelicans <laughs> fans out there that are like, come on, man, you got to call it fair. Okay, here, we're going to call it fair for you. Yep. You mentioned they're going to have to keep up on offense. It's going to be a key tonight. Mm-hmm. If they can't keep up, they're in trouble. They are playing the Nuggets, who are number one offensive rated team in the NBA and the defense has climbed all the way to 15th. Do you think in those crucial moments the Pelicans are going to find those buckets tonight, or do you just see us shutting them down here at Ball Arena? I don't know. It's going to be really, really tough for them. The Nuggets are one of the best home teams in the NBA, first of all. Mm-hmm. We are – let me pull up our record on at home. We're 22-4 and four at home. So we are Good lethal there. And we're one of the best clutch teams in the NBA. The NBA defines clutch as within five points in the final five minutes of a game. Um, The Nuggets are, I believe last I saw, like the third best offense and the best defense in the clutch in the NBA. So I think that's going to be very, very key for this team because it's going to be close. This is a very, very good matchup on both sides. 
And so it's going to come down to those final minutes, like you mentioned. And I just, I trust the Nuggets on both offense and defense to find ways to get it done. And obviously the Nuggets returning from that road trip. It just hasn't been, uh, you know, a, a good couple of weeks for them here. You know, they, they were hot. They mm-hmm. are still the number one team. They were rolling there at home for a while. They finally got handed that home L. And you mentioned here, the boys, they've lost three of their last four games two in a row specifically to the Bucks and the 76ers. Going to need a big win here tonight. Are you going to be worried at all if the boys drop this one? I'll be worried a little bit. Yeah, this is a big game. You know, a lot of people, I think, are overreacting a little bit to the Bucks and 76ers game. The Bucks game, second night of a back-to-back. A lot of guys still recovering from injuries. That game was a throwaway. I, I barely paid attention to that one, really. The 76ers game, I see why a lot of people are freaking out about it. But they're an Eastern Conference team. We play them one more time. They're then beating us doesn't really hurt our standings in the West too much, especially mm-hmm. since Memphis has also been losing. Um, but losing to a Western Conference team when you only have a two-game lead on the Grizzlies right now, that's a big deal. And they, these are this is a team you could see in the playoffs easily. They play sure. you very well. You have to find ways to beat a team like this in these type of moments. And you mentioned our only, you know, really good player left on our injury report is that man, Jamal Murray, who's been having yep. himself a pretty good 2023 thus far. He looks really Very. good right now. Obviously, people, the NBA is brutal when it comes to letting us know who's going to play in the game and who's not going to play in the game. Yeah. Of all sports around the country, <laughs> I don't understand how NBA is the only league who literally, they don't have to tell you somebody's not playing until after like mm-hmm. the game already started. It it blows yep. my mind that it's not like 30 minutes before the game or an hour before the game. So keep an eye on Jamal Murray. Obviously, him playing is a pretty big deal. Obviously, he might be a little bit banged up. Do you think if Jamal plays tonight, he has himself a game? I think so. He's been very, very good the last month in the 17 games um, since it was, I believe it was like December 2nd or something like that when he started this trend. In those 17 games, he's averaging over 21 points and six assists. And the uh, Murray-Jokic two-man game has been absolutely lethal. It's been one of the best in the NBA. If Jamal Murray's good to go, you saw the last time these two teams played, Jamal and Jokic were really the only ones that had good games. Both of them, in, uh, I believe, both scored 25 points, and it was them down the stretch that led us to that victory um, exactly a week ago when last time we played this team. So I think Jamal likes this matchup. I think Jamal likes these type of moments. It's on national television. I think Jamal loves playing on that stage, and I think he'll have a really good game if he's good to go. If you guys want to see Bryson's biggest key for the Nuggets to win tonight, once again, make sure you head over to the article and check it out because we don't got time to cover that one because I want to get to your favorite prop bets, my man, because this is what the people want. This is where the money's coming. We are bringing you guys some of the best prop bets of the night. The first one you got on here, you got Herbert Jones over three and a half rebounds there at minus 120. You said he averages 3.8 a game and his length and athleticism should prove very strong in this one. Why do you like him so much, though, in this matchup? What, What is it about that ability and who he's going up against that makes you really like him over three and a half rebounds here tonight? So the Nuggets aren't as good a rebounding team as we should be. You know, we got Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, all very good rebounders. But we're only 17th in the NBA in rebounds, while the Pelicans are ninth. So they're a very, very good rebounding team. Herbert Jones is a spark plug for this team. I mean, he, he makes all the hustle plays. He goes after the ball. 
he's one of those guys where he sees the ball in the air. He's going to find a way to go get it. Um, three and a half rebounds seems really low to me. I know he only averages 3.8, like I said, but I think three and a half in a game like this, you may see a couple of times where like Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon doesn't box out the guy correctly and he just slips past them for a rebound. I can see a few of those happening, right? Folks, whether this is your first time listening to our show or your 100th time listening to this show, you will understand <laughs> when we see the Joker over 46 and a half points, rebounds, and assists at home, we take this money because this line goes to 47.5. It goes to 48.49.5. We've seen it up there. So whenever we see it at that 45 or 46 number, we jump all over it. And our man Bryson Owens is doing so tonight. Once again, that is Nikola Jokic over 46 and a half points, rebounds, and assists combined. Why do you like this one tonight, my man? He's been playing very, very well against the Pelicans over the last few years. Um, in the three seasons, he's been an all-star starter. Um, he averages 32.7 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists a game. He basically averages a basically averages a triple double against this team. He is a handful for Valanciunas. Last time he played against this team, he had a triple double. He hit that over. I think I think this is going to be another one in this game. No, I mentioned no Zion in this game, so it's really just Valanciunas he's dealing with in the paint. I think he's going to find ways to collect a lot of rebounds and find a lot of points in the paint. Bryson also has three other Michael Porter Jr. props up here, plus 120, plus 170, and plus 750. You guys are going to have to head over to the article, mm. check it out if you want to get those props because we got to get to our game picks here at the spread. My man, Denver Nuggets tonight, obviously they are favored in this one. Pretty decent favorites too. It's not a small spread, six and a half. It has come down from the seven and mm -hmm. a half. Do you think they can cover 6.5 in their home court tonight? I do. I th I know. I think the sorry, the Pelicans are going to cover this game. I think. Ooh. I think it's going to be a very close game. These games have a history of being very, very close to the very end. Last time they played, I believe it was ninety nine to ninety eight. So it was very, very close again. The Pelicans are a good team, and the Nuggets need to figure some things out to get back to their dominant winning ways before I can take them on these more than like five point covers. Interesting. I'm going to fade you here. I'm going to go with the Nuggets, man. They're six and one at the spread in their last seven games following a loss. And until that loss at home the other night, they were on an absolute tear. They weren't just beating teams. They were running them into the ground. So I'm going to try it here, Nuggets. I can't believe that I'm the one on this side of the spread, <laughs> but I'm taking the Nugs minus 6.5. Bryson's got the Pellies plus 6.5. We're going to be right back. We're going to check out one more NBA game, and then we have a full NHL slate for you with all three games today. We'll see you guys in a few. Welcome back to the Denver Sports Betting Show here on 98.1 FM. Bryson Owens and I are now joined by our other co-host, Anthony Hirsch. Make sure you give him a follow at Anthony Hirsch 23 man. Good to see you. Haven't seen you since last week. How you been? Hey, man, I've been pretty good after uh, nursing this finger back to health. I think I should be back <laughs> on the right track. So... <laughs> Yeah, man, spending the night uh, over there in the in the emergency room getting your fingers stitched up ain't the funnest thing mm -hmm. ever, but uh, hopefully it's feeling a little better over there for you. We got some sports to talk about, though, so hopefully it gets your mind off that finger. Uh, let's jump in here, folks. We got one more great NBA game for you, and then there's three games on the NHL slate tonight, and we are bringing you picks in all of them. So we're going to hit the ground running. Here we go, looking at the Heat and the Cavaliers' Heat on the road tonight they are 28 and 23 on the year 
on the road, taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers, 31 and 21 on the year. Looking at the line here, the Cavs come into this one four and a half point favorites at their home court. Obviously, their defense is the key of their team that it shines. The lowest total of the day here, 211 points. That is a crazy number. Anthony, I want to start with you, man. Who covers the spread? And what's your take on this 211? Because that almost feels like you have to take the over. It does. These are two very good defensive teams, but even at that number, it's like, how does it not get to 211? I think the over over definitely hits. And then for the spread, I actually like the heat on the spread. This is a completely different team from the beginning of the season. They At one point, they had almost their entire starting roster hurt, (laughs) but they're finally Mm -hmm. starting to get some guys back. Duncan Robinson's been playing very well recently. And Jimmy Butler, man, I mean, despite everything that's happened this year, he's been just that fantastic leader that we've all known over the years in the NBA forum. I do like the Heat to cover here. I think it's going to be a close cover, but I think they get the job done. And Bryson, do you think that they get Kevin Love back tonight? Um, I think he's not. He's a game-time decision Mm -hmm. at the moment. He's got a probable tag put on him. I think he plays. I think he gives it a go tonight. Me too. Okay, and if he plays tonight, do you think Cleveland covers that four-and-a-half number? I'm with Anthony. I'm going to take the Heat here to cover. The Heat are a fascinating team. They get guys that no one's ever heard of to all of a sudden like shoot 45% from three and put up 15-plus points a game. Like The Heat are one of the best teams in the NBA at that specific like talent. And the, there's a lot of these guys in this game. You know, Obviously, you look roster to roster. Cleveland's got the far more talented roster. They've got Donovan Mitchell. Darius Garland, they've got Allen, they've got Mobley. Like, this is a loaded Cavs team. They've been struggling a bit recently. They have not been the same Cavs that were, like, dominating the East for the first month of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, both these teams, great defensive teams. I think it's going to be a very, very close defensive battle in this game. And that leads to the Heat. I'm, I'm finding some way for them to cover this game. Well... Okay, folks. Well, look, guys, I'm going to keep this one pretty short and sweet because I want to get over to the NHL. But first of all, I'm not going to touch the spread in this game because I can understand what these guys are saying about the cover over there. But I don't I don't like Miami at the four and a half, though. Like, I, I'm not going to take that spread. I'm going with the Nuggets on the money line and the Heat – or I'm sorry, and the Cavs on the money line plus 125 in a parlay. I, like I really like this. I don't have to lay a spread with either team, and I think both teams at home find a way – to get a win, whether it's by one point or 10 points, I don't really care. Mm. Um, but I'm taking the under 211 in this game. It's probably my favorite yep. pick here. It, it's scary. I can't believe I'm doing it, but the line opened at 209 and the public saw 209 and they were like, there's no way. And they slammed the number and it's now at 211. I actually think there's value on taking the under here. I think we get a game right around 106 to 99. That's kind of my yep. prediction on the score. So We'll see what happens, but obviously, if both teams break 100, I'm in some big trouble here, but we'll see what happens. Good luck to you guys uh, over there in that game. Jumping over to the NHL, we're going to go straight down the list, starting with the first, second, and third games. First game on the slate, Capitals on the road. Pretty big favorites, minus 210 uh, in Columbus, taking on the Blue Jackets. They are plus 180 in their own house, Bryson. Is there any value in these Blue Jackets at plus 180 at home getting disrespected like that? I think under a normal circumstance, probably. Um, Both teams, it looks like, are expected to have their backup goalies in. So that's Mm -hmm. um, a positive for 
both teams there. I think usually when you have your backup going in, goalie in, having him play at home is a big boost for him. But if you look at this Columbus injury report, it's massive. They have like their whole, like half their rosters on their injury report. I think Washington's playing at a very high level right now. They're playing a little bit better than Columbus, in my opinion. I am under normal circumstances, I think the um, Blue Jackets at that price tag at home is a good idea. Tonight, though, I'm going to take the Capitals. Anthony, where are you going, man? Man, I'm riding those Capitals, baby. I think that they get the job done. Not only do I think they get the job done, I'm going to put them down on the puck line, too. I think it's going to be a slaughtering tonight. You take a look at that Capitals, that top line headed by Ovechkin, they've been on fire recently. And this has mm-hmm. been a team historically in the past, they've struggled to get the, the puck in the back of the net. But it seems like they've really found a good group of guys to pair with Ovechkin on that top line. They do nothing but score. I think the backup goalie there is going to really, really struggle. I could see them scoring five, six goals in this game. Well... I think we are all on the same page here. There's no freaking way that we're putting our money on the Blue Jackets at home, man. I'm sorry. They are horrendous. There is no other word to describe this hockey team. They're freaking terrible on both sides of the ice and in the net. They're just not good. They are dead last in scoring. If you can't score, you can't win. It's very simple. So I'm with these guys. I'm on the caps. And honestly, I'm going with Anthony Hirsch here. I'm going to try him on the puck line. At that plus 120 number, it's juicy enough for me, but I do not blame anybody for just taking the caps on the money line and then finding one of these next two games and throwing it on there as well. So let's jump in here to the next game on the slate. The Kings on the road, plus 170 on the money line. Canes in their own house, minus 200. Man, I I know this Canes team, they're scary in their own house, but to give the Kings plus 170 – that is some crazy good value for a really good hockey team. Anthony, would you try them here? I'm going to try them. I really like the value, especially you take a look at their record. There's not many times you're going to get them at this kind of plus value. Carolina no does way. play very good at home, though, like you said. But I think the Kings have been playing good enough recently. I think they can get the job done in Carolina's home tonight. They have Phoenix Copley in net tonight, and he's had a fantastic season so far. He's 15-3. and three arguably playing better than the starter over there. So I do like, I might as well take him at the plus value there. Give it a shot. Going with that big dog plus 170. If you guys want to ride Anthony there, this is tough, man. The Canes five game win streak. We know how good they are at home. They shut people down defensively, but the Kings, they had a three game win streak of their own until they went into their last game. They were plus 200 on the money line. They lost five to two to the Tampa Bay lightning Really not a big deal. They finally had to lose. They won a couple games as dogs. They're back in that dog spot. Bryson, are you on the Kings here, or do you think the Canes at home, man, they're just too strong? I'm going to take the Hurricanes in this one. I don't blame Anthony at all for liking the Kings in this matchup, but the Canes, they're on a five-game winning streak. Like you mentioned, Riggs, one of the better teams at home in the NHL. They have a 16-4-6 and record at home. Now, the huh. Kings are a very good road team. They are 14-9-4. and so that does help them a lot. Um, and you mentioned the goalie for the Kings tonight, Anthony. The goalie for the Canes is really good as well. He's Anderson's expected to be in 10-3 and three record and 2.4 goals allowed. And you're going against a Kings team that gives up the 23rd most goals in the NHL per game. And the Hurricanes offense has the third most shots on goal. I think that's a recipe for disaster in Carolina. 
for the Kings, I, I, I really like the Hurricanes in this matchup. This one makes me sick to my stomach, man. I, I'm going to bet with my head and not my heart here because my heart is telling me, Riggs, take the Kings at plus 170 and don't look back. But I can't do it. Like, like Bryson said, man, they're just too good at home, four straight in their own house. Their offense gets rolling. Their defense rolls. Their crowd shows out, man. They're going to pack that building tonight. So I'm going to go with them on the money line. This is where I'm going to parlay them with the Capitals in a parlay. Get that up to plus 125. I like the value there. Good luck to you guys in that game. And then one more NHL game on the slate, the nightcap. But, folks, all games are at 5 o'clock p.m., so make sure you get all your bets in on time. Diving in here. The Ottawa Senators minus 195 on the money line. Montreal Canadiens plus 165 in their own house. We got another big home dog on this slate. Anthony, would you try him out, my man? I would love to fade the home dogs here, but I just can't do it. The Canadians have just had such a bad season, really Mm. underperformed. It's so hard to really take them. The Senators, I don't think they're going to do anything like cover the puck line or anything, but I think this game comes down to where these teams stand in the standings. Canadians mm-hmm. are dead last in their division. doesn't really matter for them. Really, all they're trying to do at this point is save face, say, hey, you know, at least we did something this season. I think, but the Senators, they might still have an iffy record, not looking too good, but they still have a shot to get into the playoffs. I think that's the motivation that's going to carry them through games like this. And I think that really does give them the edge in this game. I'm going to try them on the money line here, but I might look to parlay this, let's say, with a Capitals money line as well, get some value there. Okay. I like what you're saying, man. Yeah, the Ottawa Senators looking a little bit hotter right now. They're they're on a four-game win streak, their first four-game win streak of the year. And like you said, the Canadians, man, they look bad. They, I feel bad for their fans. It's like cheering for the Rockies. Sorry, Rockies, I said it. It's hard to cheer for you when you're just – below mediocre it's so tough so uh, i'm with you here anthony i'm gonna go with the senators i don't like the money line price so i'm gonna have to lay the puck line here and i can't believe i'm doing it but i just don't like 195 i think it's too big of a number so i'm gonna go minus one and a half plus 130 on the ottawa senators bryson what's your approach here i'm with you riggs i'm gonna take the senators on the puck line here at that price tag the senators like you said coming into this way hotter than the Canadians are. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is despite both these teams kind of underperforming, the Senators have the third best power play percentage in, on offense in the NHL and the 10th best on defense. Meanwhile, the Canadians last in offense on that category and fourth worst in the NHL on defense in that category. I think that's going to play a huge factor in this game. And my favorite bet here, I'm going to take the over. I know six and a half is a lot of goals, but both goalies give up over three goals a game. The Canadians goalie gives up three and a half goals a game. So I think I like the over the most in this game, but I'm going to take the centers um, on the puck line as well. There you go, guys. He's going over and we're all rocking with the senators to get this thing done. Give Anthony Hirsch a follow here at Anthony, Anthony Hirsch 23. He's going to be on with me all day tomorrow and we are bringing you guys some heat. So my man, thanks for checking in and I'll see you tomorrow. Welcome back to the Denver Sports Betting Show here on 98.1 FM. Caesar Jones is now joining us. Give him a follow at Jones underscore 01. Brother, good to see you. How's that Tuesday so far? Good to see y'all too. I mean, the sun's finally out, but it's still cold. But good to see y'all. You know, we on DSB. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Let's get it. We got some breaking news coming out for Broncos country. Our man Bryson Owens has got the details for us. 
Yes, sir. Obviously, we talked about it earlier in the show. Sean Payton is coming to Denver. The Broncos are finalizing a trade with the Saints to acquire Sean Payton. According to this report, the deal is a first-round pick for this year and an early pick next year for Sean. Obviously, this probably means we're going to announce a long-term deal for Sean along with this. This is absolutely huge for the Denver Broncos. Absolutely huge, man. Broncos country, stand up. It's okay. We're not going to get stuck with somebody who's a bum. So we're feeling pretty good over (laughs) here. Uh, Caesar, your thoughts on this, my man. Do you think that Sean Payton uh, is is the right guy for the job? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, I thought he was like 70% sure he was staying on Fox. So that 30%, Mm -hmm. he must have, you know, got a taste of that Denver air. And I'm just excited Mm -hmm. for it. I wonder if he's going to bring in his own staff or keep, you know, some of the guys. I hope he keeps some of the guys. I don't know what you guys think, but. I'm excited for Bryson, it. do you think he keeps Averro? I would love it if he keeps Averro. Obviously, yeah. there are rumors really early when this came out that wherever Sean goes, he's going to bring Vic Fangio with him. It sounds like mm-hmm. Vic's maybe leaning more towards the Dolphins, which leads to Evero being the D.C., which would be absolutely phenomenal for me. I think this is a dream coaching staff having those two mm-hmm. on board. The only thing I think that stops that is if Evero gets a head coaching job. Other than that, I see him as our D.C. next year. Who else needs a head coaching spot? Uh, the Colts are still looking and the oh, Cardinals. And yeah, the Texans look, Texans look like they're going to get done with D'Amico here in the next 48 hours. So like Bryson said, there's only those two left. Brian right. Flores favored to go to Arizona. So that oh. one's pretty locked up there. I don't think Averro goes there. Uh, and then the Colts, man, I mean, you could get Averro, but I don't really think he fits there. I, I think of all the no. teams, that's probably the mm-hmm. least – the least one I see him going to. So good news here in Broncos country. Obviously it's not official. We're going to have to wait for the paper to be signed and the deal to be done, but we're feeling pretty darn good, which brings us to something that I've been waiting for. And that is the (laughs) Justin Fields debate folks. Once again, whether this is your first time listening or your 100th time listening, you know that we feel a certain way about Justin Fields over here. Some of us love him. Some of us, I don't want to use the word hate him, but we strongly dislike how he plays football. So we're jumping in here, looking at Justin Fields' stats, man. 2021, 1,870 passing yards, seven touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a QB rating of 73.2. Then this last year in 2022, 2,242 yards, 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and a rating of 85.2. So my man is taking steps up. He's moving up. I'm going to let Bryson Owens go first here. Bryson, what is it about Justin Fields that you just can't stand? <laughs> my my biggest problem with him is so he's a heck of an athlete. One of the, one of the most dominant athletes in football. I'm not going to deny that with him. He does things on the football field that like – one percent of the players in this league can do my problem Mm -hmm. is he doesn't do the little things as a quarterback consistently well enough to get the job done he you mentioned he's improving he improved his completion percentage one and a half points his career completion percentage is still 59.7 percent in two seasons he's played 25 Mm -hmm. games that's a good sample size now and i hear all these people go oh he's got he's got terrible receivers and they can't catch a ball He only has 15 drops by receivers this year. That's less than Mahomes, less than Allen, less than Hurts, less than Joe Burrow. He's got, and he's got 
better receivers and better players around him than people give him credit for. He's got two very good running backs, good tight end, solid receivers around him. And my biggest problem really just comes down to people gloss over the throwing part of the game and act like that doesn't matter because he can run for 100 yards every game if he wants to. Last Mm -hmm. I checked, he's a quarterback. He's got to win games throwing the football. He went down in yards per game passing-wise from 155 to 149. So his throwing actually in that regard got worse. He has 24 Mm -hmm. touchdowns to 21 career interceptions. And just this last season, among quarterbacks with at least 10 starts last year, only 10, that's not that many starts, he has the third highest bad throw percentage in the NFL. That's only accounted for throws that aren't spikes or throwaways. So these are on – These are he's throwing to his players. He has a 19% bad throw percentage, which is only behind – Derek Carr and Matt Ryan, who had bad years last year for them. So he's a phenomenal athlete. And can he develop into a consistent quarterback? Absolutely. I've seen quarterbacks just like um, Justin Fields do the same thing. The problem is those quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, they all did it year two. Year two was their year to develop, and they made huge steps. Justin Fields is behind. The Bears are going to be consistently – at the bottom of that division, in my opinion. So I, there has to be a point for the Bears where they go, can this guy get us to where we need to go, or should we look at moving on? And I think, you know, he's going to be a Bear next year. I don't think there's any question about that. They're not going to trade him this year. But if the Bears finish with a top three pick again next year with Caleb Williams and Drake May coming into this draft, they have to take a look at both those guys. So the answer is yes or no that Justin Fields is the future of the Chicago Bears. I don't think he is. I don't think you can bank your future on a five-win quarterback who isn't making huge strides improving in the passing game in a division where the Packers aren't going to go away. They're a very well-run franchise. They're going to be good. The Vikings aren't going away anytime soon, and the Lions look like they're improving dramatically. So the Bears, the one team that's kind of sitting stagnant in that division, at some point you've got to make a big swing on a top prospect if they're going to keep picking in the top five of the draft. Well, folks, that is why Justin Fields is not good. So Caesar Jones, please come up in here and tell me why Justin Fields is him, as my man likes to say. <laughs> he, just, he just is. I mean, he's a second-year guy like we've been discussing in – the fact that, you know, he plays for the Chicago Bears, a team who, you know, hasn't been anything just like we said as well. And he he got drafted by a coach and then that coach got fired. And now he has a coach who didn't uh, who, you know, didn't draft him. And that plays in part to, you know, some of Justin's decision making. And just like we said, he's a second year guy. I mean, he's too young to, you know, label him as a bust and to play quarterback nowadays, you want a guy who can run. I never knew running as a quarterback was a bad thing, you know. I mean, when guys like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson do it, obviously they win. But look what they have around them. They have quarter. They have coaches that implement game plans around them, have, you know, offensive linemen who block for them. And I know Justin Fields needs to improve as a passer. Of course he does. But he's a second-year guy. And mm-hmm. – just like Bryson said, you know, you compare him to guys like Justin Fields. Justin Fields finally has a coach that believes him in, believes in him in Sirianni, and look what he did. I mean, look what he did at OU, and a coach believed in him. 
I mean, these guys need people around them to believe in them, implement game plans around them to be successful. And, and you'll just see. And he was doing things this year that we hadn't seen with a guy who doesn't really believe in him. And once you saw, you know, that coaching staff implement game plans around him, you saw him be more successful. But as a passer, he definitely needs to improve. I'm with you there. Looking at his rush yards on the year, he was the top leading rusher among all quarterbacks, mm-hmm. 1,143 yards. Do you think he leads that category again next year? Or do you think maybe Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, somebody passes him up? I think it just depends where he's at. I mean, if he gets traded, that obviously means there's, you know, value for him. I mean, say the Colts get him, that obviously means that, you know, they want him. Or just like you said on yesterday's show, if the Ravens get him, I mean, Mm -hmm. it just shows that, you know, guys want him. Imagine if he was on the 49ers this year, what he could have done with Debo and Christian. I mean, it it really matters who you have around him, but I don't think he'll uh, lead that category next year because i think just like bryson said he really needs to improve as a passer well we're gonna see what happens but hey you guys both have a good point i don't agree with i don't disagree with either of you you both got good points there i do think justin fields like caesar said second year guy give him another year or two he's gonna be he's gonna develop as a passer he's gonna get more comfortable in the pocket maybe put him on a better football team i don't know but when chase claypool is one of your top receivers man no shade to chase it ain't gonna get it done, man. I know as a Steelers fan, so no. we'll see what they happens. gotta get Hopkins. They get Hopkins. Some things are gonna change, but yeah. I actually I'm gonna go left field here, like Caesar brought up. My decision for Justin Fields. I think he needs to get out of Chicago. I think he needs to get a package deal. He needs to go be the quarterback over there at the Ravens, and Lamar Jackson yeah. needs to come up in maybe and play for the Chicago Bears or something like that. But I also like Lamar to the Dolphins. But Bryson, what you got, man? Here's here's my big thing about the. The fact that he doesn't have enough around him and he needs to get out of Chicago to succeed. I brought up those three players earlier, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, right? Josh Allen went to the Buffalo Bills, who were a horribly run franchise before he got there. He had no number one receiver, bad offensive line, has never had a run game. He took the Bills to the playoffs year two. Lamar Jackson, obviously the Ravens are very well run, but he had no number one wide receiver and his running backs around him weren't all that great. And he took the Ravens to the playoffs year two and one league MVP. And Jalen Hurts year two took a team that missed the playoffs the year before. His entire offensive line was hurt. No number one wide receiver, no number one running back. And he took the Eagles, who were at that point a laughing stock in the NFL, to the playoffs in year two. So I get what you guys are saying. He is a second year quarterback, but other quarterbacks who play a very similar style made drastic improvements in year two that I hadn't seen Justin Fields make yet. You make a fair point, Bryson. We're going to see what happens, man. But we do got to roll out of here for the day. But before we do, as always, we have our Denver sports betting top play of the day for you. Looking Mm -hmm. at a two-leg parlay, two teams on the money line. Bryson Owens, what we got for him, man? We're going to take the Nuggets and the Capitals, both to win tonight. Is that plus 115? This is a two-leg parlay, like Riggs mentioned. We have extreme confidence in both these teams getting it done. And to get them both at plus money at the end of the day, who can say no to that? Amen. Nobody can say no to that. We're rocking with the Nuggets caps on the money line, plus money as well, you guys. So we're trying to cash you in there at the bank. Good luck to everybody there. Make sure you give Bryson a follow at Bryson Owen 16. Follow Caesar Jones at CS Jones underscore 01. Give me a follow 
at Rig Sports Talk. And then once again, head over to denversportsbetting.com if you missed our Nuggets segment. Check out Bryson's article, Pelicans at the Nuggets betting preview, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. This is the Denver Sports Betting Show on 98.1. Peace.